Poltergeist. 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 That is not a lot, but. Well, there's not a lot that happens. The house gets haunted. Well, first, a lot of people first die. Of all, the nuance to this movie alone. The nuance to this movie. No, it's, it's, there is so much in this movie. Poltergeist. <laughs> it's Friday today, right? Yeah. yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. In four days, you're going to come to me. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be mad that that little snake action that you're doing is the opening to the show, <laughs> along with what's going on right now. Just remember that this conversation did happen right now. I can't believe. No, four days. You would make this the opening. Yeah. This the opening. Yes. I think you want it to be now. No. I think you're being troublesome. I think you're being troublesome. The nuance of this conversation. <laughs> so i can look up my half yeah you should get ready yes ladies and gentlemen you should also get ready because on the other side of this is one of my top five yes i said it top five horror movies and probably top 15 movies of all time as we enter the world of poltergeist Welcome, everybody, to B&B Presents Season 666, the final episode, where this year we have studied horror in a single location, for the most part. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Ben, and joining me as always... How are you, my love? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It was a good October. I yeah. can't believe how much we're, how quickly we're through most of it. I can't believe it's almost done. I know. I can't believe we go on our trip in like a week and a half. Yeah, we got to figure out how to like not. We might have to bang out like two recordings for the trip. Yeah. Yeah, because we're not recording there. Yeah, sorry. I mean, we have like a week for like because like there's one more technical October week, but mm-hmm. we're not doing anything for it. Mm-hmm. And then we already have the one for season two ready to go, so we might be able to get away with it, but. We'll see. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I don't have time to think about that, though, because I have to think about our trip. I think that's all you want to think about. Yes. Anything spooky happened to you this week? No. No? Mm-mm. No, I saw a cat on a roof last night. That was pretty spooky. He seemed pretty pleased with himself, He was though. very excited. Not our cat. A different cat. No. Our, our cat, cat does not allowed to go outside. No, he's not. He's not mature enough for those situations. Even if he was, he's not allowed to go outside. I could do what he says. I had bacon this morning. <laughs> yeah. You people he doing? did get his first little bacon to this morning. He seemed morning. to take it pretty quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He knows what the, he knows what lunch meat looks like, too. I oh, took yeah. turkey the other day. He's like, he came and just sat by my feet and was like, so mm-hmm. she ain't home. You, you could give me some of that talkie. And nobody would ever yeah. know. <laughs> except you and me, who are best friends. A little sneaky snake. He's, snake. He's right here. He's eating. Oh, is he? He's next to me. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. At least we can keep an eye on him. Yes. Anything spooky happen to you? Did anything spooky happen to me? I mean, without saying where, um, it's scary how badly they do things at my job. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair, huh? Well, you know, there's that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. could say the same, but I don't have a job still. <laughs> yeah, it's scary you're not employed. Yeah. I mean, you technically are now. I am now, yeah. though. Congratulations, by the way. Yes, yeah. thank you, thank you. Yep. So yeah. We won't be getting rid of her. I'm just I'm kidding. Sorry, are you also disappointed <laughs> that you're not being let go? I mean, can, no, I'm just kidding. Happen. I'll let you go. You can be free, girl. Mm-mm. I don't know why you thinking you're 24 when you're 4. Why you look like you're 50 when you're 24. <laughs> Maybe the best burn on Ink Master I agree. Like I've ever heard. Yeah, we're just... ridiculously wa- re-watching all the Ink Masters because well, no, we never watched them. I've never seen this show. We're on uh, year 2015, I think. I hate how much I like this show. It's because pretty it's, good. <laughs> it's not something I should care about at all. I really think they should bring it back. It was just different judges. Yeah. It's not like there's not other uh, tattoo artists and singers you could use. You know what yeah, I mean? Especially ones that have been canceled. Yeah, well, 
that's the whole thing. But I do think they should bring it back. I would like to see new tattoo artists get the opportunity, I you know, agree. and see new styles of tattooing that come out and shit. Agreed. Anyways, cool. So you what know do we who do? doesn't have any tattoos? Who? Any of the people in the movie Poltergeist. <laughs> do they? None of them? Nah, I don't think so. Oh. Was this a time before tattoos were acceptable in the world? I mean, people had tattoos for sure, but it was a less common thing. And if mm-hmm. you did, it was something you really didn't Covered talk up. about. Yeah. But as, Shame! Yes. But Shame! As mentioned before, this is the movie that stars Joe Beth Williams, Craig T. Nelson, Beatrice Strait, Zelda Rubenstein, and Heather O'Rourke as Carol Ann. This is the movie written by Steven Spielberg from 1982 and directed by the director of such great movies as The Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. This is Toby Hooper's Poltergeist. Hold on to yourselves. There's one more thing. A terrible presence is in there with her. So much rage. So much betrayal. I've never sensed anything like it. I don't know what hovers over this house. But it was strong enough to punch a hole into this world and take your daughter away from you. It keeps Caroline very close to it and away from the spectral light. It lies to her. It says things only a child can understand. It has been using her to restrain the others. To her. It simply is another child. To us, it is the beast. Now let's go get your Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Uh. Get that bitch, Leatherface! Get that bitch! Dog will hunt! Goodbye! (laughs) Goodbye! Goodbye! (laughs) Bill Mosley's such a creep, and he's not in this movie. Love him. He should have been in this movie. He should have played Carol Ann. He should have played Carol Ann. (laughs) Let's just imagine a whole remake of Poltergeist where Bill Mosley is Carol Ann. He's like, Mom. Yeah, exactly. He's just doing that one line of dialogue. Mom. <laughs> Something has me in here. <laughs> I love the idea too that like he just don't... goes like this too. He's like, they're here instead of the little girl's voice. He gets like a creepy old man voice. I do like the idea that like he's like, and they don't play it for laughs. Like they're like, yeah. no, we fully believe Bill Mosley is capable of playing like a seven-year-old girl. Like <laughs> he's shown us something here. And it's like, boy, he Toby, can do anything. Toby Hooper really loves yeah. it in Texas, too. Like, that must be... So, had you seen this movie before? Yeah. Yes, I call this movie the TV people movie. It's terrifying. <laughs> so tell them about our little experience. So we went to the actual movie theater. We did. Mm-hmm. What did we do before that, though? What, what did we do before that? Went to dinner. Oh, Oh, that was my birthday, huh? That was your birthday. Oh, my God. Yeah, See, it's incredib- been a while. She was an incredibly good sport. I was. It was my birthday, my actual... Technically, the day before. ...birthday. Day and before. normally, I would have said, absolutely fucking not. It's my birthday. We're going to go see something I want to see. But then I was like, it's absolutely for the day. Uh, no, and then he was very sweet and got me a very sweet birthday dinner and did a lot of other stuff. And I said, all right, let's go. Let's go to Poltergeist in the theater. And uh, we dro- we were dressed up to the T. We had dresses on, a nice little... I think little... there were like six people in the theater. Yeah, and there was literally maybe six people. Yeah. Yeah, and it was pretty cool, actually, to see it in theater. I had never seen it in theater, obviously, because I was a, I was a child when too. this was out. So... Well, let's see, 1982. I wasn't even born, but I mean, when I saw it, I was like a teenager and my parents would absolutely not have let me go see this, I don't think, in the theater. They might have, actually. They were pretty chill about R-rated movies, but... 
I don't even o think this o is R-rated, right? This is PG. Yeah, that's who. Yeah. Yeah. This is not PG-13. <laughs> <That's PG right. laughs> this is not R. This is PG. Good Lord. Which really, when you look at it. Didn't a child come into the theater? Yeah. A child. His parents brought their kid and we were like, okay. I believe I was like, yeah, get me a baby. A baby isn't scared of this. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And I mean, it was creepy still to this day. There was oh, parts that are ooh, it awful. It is still I can tell you exactly where I was when I first saw this. I was in my parents' house in the Highlands. Mm -hmm. They let me rent this because it was PG. The guy at, the, at Major Video told my mom, it's a PG movie. It's not going to be scary. It's more spooky than anything. And I remember finishing this movie and being like, I am so scared to go to bed tonight. Right? Like, this is... Especially up in the Highlands because the trees and all the shadows and not just that. It's I like, mean, that's what I would be looking. I'd be a, looking outside like mm, actually, that's that tree. Are, that's that tree. Mm -hmm. You are correct. It's not just the trees, though. It's the idea that that movie is all about. You don't see anything. Yeah. Like, for yeah. The most you don't part, know what's there. Like mm -hmm. that movie is really the concept of doing horror but with edging. Yeah. Where it's like Toby Hooper waits almost two hours before he just busts yeah. all over you with horror. Like, <clears throat> I agree. You definitely get some horror, but like, when you get to the final moments of that movie, you're like, the fuck, man? Like, can Pretty we creepy. Slow down? Yeah, but it was it's a good movie. I like this movie a well, lot. Well, before we get to the why of it all, we have to go through the who and the what. And the who and the what are taken and given to us in a very spooky version of Brianna Hickey is going to read us some very spooky wiki. All right. So, Stephen and Diane Freeling live in Cuesta Verde, a California planned community. Stephen is a successful real estate agent, and Diane looks after their three children, 16-year-old Dana, 8-year-old Robbie, and 5-year-old Carol Ann. Late one night, Carol Ann inexplicably converses with the family's television set while it displays post-broadcast static. The next night, she again fixates on the TV and a ghostly white hand emerges from the screen, followed by a violent earthquake. As the family awakens from the quake, Carol Ann eerily declares, They're here! It's pretty great opening, to be honest oh, with it's, you. Oh, it's amazing. On one, it made me hate static television. I'll tell you that. I now I hear static and I'm like, turn it off immediately. We don't have time for that. Like, <laughs> especially back when we were younger, when we didn't have such smart television, we didn't have such smart TVs, and didn't we like we actually had to deal with like actual cable. Oh, for sure. You know what um, I mean? Prominent on older televisions. Do you well, agree? Because I don't opening, feel like I see static nearly as much on these televisions. The opening of the... Oh, you never see static no. because cable doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. The only thing static... Do you know what static is? Well, it says post-broadcast, so I'm assuming it has something to do with that. Once you're not airing yeah. something, that's what comes up. The opening of this movie is literally the thing that most TVs would go to when they hit the end of the day. You, were, you asked this yourself in the theater. Yeah. You said, why does it go to static? It's like, that's all they were airing. Oh. Like, TVs weren't, like, 24-7. Like, makes sense. even TVs shut off at one point. Wow. See, and that's... You missed know. someone, by the way, in the family. Who? Uh, the, the dog. dog? Well, yeah. it doesn't tell me the dog. What's his name? The dog's name is Ebuzz, which I don't know what that means, but his name is Ebuzz. Well, that's probably why they didn't and say it. I'll tell you this. Mm. That dog seems pretty happy. He ate, like, half of the family's food. He did, that, yeah. actually, the whole morning he's eating everybody's, who just, apparently, apparently this family just leaves food all over this fucking house. Like, it was the 80s. My parents would things have were doing, murdered me if things I were doing better back then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the dog actually opens the bag and, like, yeah. pulls them all out, and you're just like, well, oh, all right. there you well, go, buddy. That's fair, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, so and also too, the dad goes to work and the mom stays home and takes care of the kids. A better time? Um, I mean, as much the as the look I on her face is telling me no, so I'm gonna say it's want not. Want to say no? I'm also like, you're right. I could stay home and take care of our cat. <laughs> no, no, you need kids. Kids in asterisks. <laughs> I'm a child, he says. And then the earthquake. Yeah, something that no one else felt but them. Which, the it's... next morning, you hear Craig T. Nelson on the phone being like, well, no, it woke us all up. The minute no one else around you feels an earthquake, yeah. start looking for the signs that something else is very wrong that's in your house. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, ooh, that seems a little sketch. And then, too, the ghostly white hand is actually, for the time, creepy to think about. Like, 
I, I think so, at least. No, you're know. right. Yeah, like nowadays, I feel like it would probably look a lot different. But back then, I'm like, that's terrifying. But even though we are 82 to 92, 92 to 2000, 2002 to the, this movie is 40 years old wow. this year. Yeah. That's why they played it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. This movie is 40 years old. The effects in this movie are so sparing. Yeah. That's why it holds up. Yeah. Nothing looks really all that out mm-hmm. of date because no. you're sitting there and you're like, they didn't really show it long enough. To... Yeah. A lot of the movie is a lot of this too. Yeah. It's like a it's a lot of, of like, reaction. It's a lot yeah. of people reacting to mm-hmm. stuff. So bizarre events occur the following day. Glass of milk spontaneously breaks. Silverware starts bending. And furniture moves on its own. These phenomena... That part got you in theaters. That made me laugh so hard when you turned around... Or she turns around and all the... Chairs. ...are stacked up. I was like, no, we're not going to say anything about it. It also doesn't hurt or doesn't help that Heather O'Rourke is A, the cutest little girl, but also has just this look of like, I've seen things. Oh, yeah, definitely. And she's just like... Oops. Yeah. Well, she has that great moment where, like, the mom turns around and all the chairs have gone from being on the ground to being stacked up in, like, this insane stacked position on the table. And the mom goes, TV people. And Heather O'Rourke doesn't say it immediately, but she kind of turns and looks at the chairs and then looks back and goes, "Uh uh-huh. And you're just like, like, why? Oh, my God. So, anyways, these phenomena initially be severe thunderstorm, the gnarled backyard tree seemingly comes alive a large limb crashes through the children's bedroom and grabs robbie and attempts to devour him a lot of people don't want to say it but i'm gonna be the person to give some harsh criticisms towards this family robbie's a pussy and uh he needs to tighten up ho so you're lucky it wasn't you who was taken you're lucky carol ann's slightly cuter i know that your time has passed you know what we also didn't talk about one of the things that this movie addresses incredibly well, and this is how you can tell Spielberg wrote it, is that this addresses the concept of how children view things. We didn't talk about the death of Tweety. Oh, their bird dies. Yes, right before the, the storm happens, yeah. the day before, there are two things going on. There's A, a football game going on, which, because at one point TVs were so yeah. bad that if you were close enough to someone else's Your TV... would work on the neighbor's television set which is very strange to think about in today's time and i almost want to ask somebody if that really happened it's, like a, it, it happened you don't know that how old were you in 1982 minus five mm. yeah <laughs> when were you born 87 oh so, so you were not born then yeah that okay. would be why minus i was minus five, five. yes okay. <laughs> you're like that's not a number our parents <laughs> that would be the people to yeah, ask yeah because <laughs> you're older them. than almost all your siblings yeah when was your brother born he's a year older than you so he 86 was, yeah. okay mm-hmm. so he was minus four yeah so oh my god all of our parents were so free there's nothing <laughs> about to wreck their lives it's like it's like for them i do like your nails thank you yeah mm-hmm. anyways so yeah the bird the football game's on and the neighbors are battling it out with the television set and then the mom the, is just upstairs doing mom stuff and, and then she, the bird dies which is another sign to be like it's interesting yeah and then they go to bury the bird that's and such a cute moment, though. Where what like, what does she say again when they bury the bird? Well, so they put him in one of Dad's cigar boxes, and she goes, "Tweety doesn't like it in yeah, there." Yeah, yeah. And then they put in like a rose, and they do they do like a little ceremony. And it's beautiful in the sense that like it teaches a child about death. Yeah, which is like kind of the premise for the whole movie is like learning to like accept the fact that there might be something beyond. And the best moment of it is when they bury it. And Heather O'Rourke, who is so cute, has just been sad this whole time, just immediately She's breaks like, and goes, can okay. I get a goldfish? Yeah, like, I mean, and they go get her a goldfish, too. Yeah. And then she just starts overfeeding the goldfish, like, dumping the entire thing of food in there, like, and I'm just sitting there like, this is why children don't need goldfish, is that young. <laughs> Did you hear what she named the goldfish? No. If you listen carefully, when she goes, honey, you're going to overfeed them. And she goes, Tweety, two and three wants seconds. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like, if I were the fish, I'd be like, what happened to Tweety one? Yeah, where, what's, where's Tweety one? Where's Tweety one? <laughs> seriously, seriously. <laughs> By the way, the best part of them burying Tweety one is when they're all sitting there and it's a shot. It goes up from Heather O'Rourke to the mom to Dana, the older sister who's standing there. My favorite moment is 
the fact that E-Buzz is sitting there, the dog, yeah. and you can just tell that dog's like, I'm gonna dig that box and up. And then he the does, they, they show it, yeah. Yeah, and he, as soon as they turn around, the dog's digging up the fucking bird. It's like, I'm gonna eat that like, bird. Oh, well, there it is. So, the tree, though... Yeah, grabs Robbie. tries to eat Robbie. So while the family rushes outside to rescue Robbie, Carol Ann is drawn into a portal which is inside their closet. After saving Robbie from the tree which got sucked into a tornado, the family frantically searches for Carol Ann only to hear her voice call out from the television. This is a really, like... If you're equating this movie, like... I always thought this is an idea that nobody's ever done. Mm Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever done an idea of a movie where you get the perspective of the ghost of why are they doing this. Yeah. Because I always think a lot of ghost movies... Like, I always thought the idea that you could do is to do a movie where it's shot from the perspective of, like, almost a, like, documentary where you're just interviewing the ghost being like, most people think we do this because we're mean or evil. It's like, not really. Mm -hmm. Like, most of the time, most of the hauntings you see are because somebody from the other side has hired me from the other side to get people out of their house. Like, if you think about it, these people were here first. And yes, they should move on. I completely agree. I should have moved on. Isn't a ghost story told from the ghost perspective? Ghost story. Yeah, the one where the guy dies and he's a ghost in his house watching his family. It's like some really sad indie film. That might be an A24 movie. I don't know if it is, actually. Is Casey Affleck in it? I don't know who's in it. I've just seen like, I, pictures of it. and I, I heard don't it. know if I actually it's know actually this movie. It's actually under horror movie, so I am curious about it, because it's not under like indie film, really. But it looks sad, a ghost story. It's a 2017 film. Um, it is A24. No, we'll oh, get to we it eventually. It. Who's in it? Yeah, Casey Affleck it is Casey and Affleck. Rooney Mara. Oh, the dragon tattoo chick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it says, Recently deceased man returns his ghost to his suburban home, only to find that his in his spectral state he's become stuck in time. So, like, yeah, it's, it's from his perspective, See, though, because he's having to watch, like, okay. as a ghost. See, for family. me, it's more so the idea that I want to know... You want but, a comedy. I want, like, a, a, but I want a comedy in the sense that also plays with the terrifying aspect of it. Yeah. Because the thing is, if you look at this, we can assume... That because, and we haven't gotten to what, what's going on with the house. The ghosts made that tree come in and get Robbie. Yeah. They did what you, would, what you call in the world of like the conning or hustling as the Kansas City shuffle, mm-hmm. which is everyone's looking that way and, and you go this, this way. way. Yeah. They made everyone go outside Side. and then they snatched the Carol Ann. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they knew, they're like, okay, Carol Ann is the most connected to this house. She's psychic. In she's so, young. She's young. She has a connection to the world of she ours. She can talk to us through the TV. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. that's who we want. So we are going to grab Robbie, make it look like we're going to get him, and then we come in and easily yeah. take care of Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, um, you got to respect the ghost hustle and trying know, to kidnap a child. They wanted. Yeah, they, they, like, they literally the did. They little blonde girl. Yeah. <laughs> the creepy-ass Every little... Every serial killer's dream. Yes. <laughs> I'll say this. We haven't really talked about the parents. I love Craig T. Nelson. They're great. They are. They are They're what parents like. Good parents, and then what's good is what I. I think I said this is I like that they have them smoking weed and like playing around with each other in their room when the door is shut. Like all the kids go to bed and they're just kind of like being with each other, which is they like, feel like they're in love. Yeah, and it's like always in movies, parents don't. They seem stiff. They yeah. never seem like they like each other. They don't seem like they want to be near each other. And I'm like, I don't. That's not true though for no. all parents. Like no. especially like yeah, you're probably tired from your fucking kids, but also like you're still a couple like oh, at yeah. the same time the funniest <laughs> like, part is that the dad is reading ronald reagan's biography smoking weed yeah yeah and it's just good. like it's just like those two things do not go together it's good and the thing is too like their kid gets up or whatever and, and they get up to go see the kids remember right? they do robbie. yeah robbie gets scared and they're of the... still like cuddling super nice yeah. and then by the end of it everybody ends up in the same bed Yes, they, that's except right. the older daughter, she sticks in her room. But like, that's right. He opens the door to say good night, and she's on her phone, and uh-huh. she covers. And she's like, and he's like, get off the phone. And I was like, ooh, I've been there, done that. My parents have literally it is true. taken my phone away for that. Nowadays, it's like it's just texting, and you can't hear them texting. I thought, yeah. And they're sending dick pics and having rainbow parties. Okay. Kids today. moving on. They're lost. (laughs) So, parapsychologist Dr. Martha Lesh arrives with team members Ryan and Marty to investigate. They determine there is a poltergeist intrusion involving multiple ghosts. Meanwhile, Stephen learns from his boss, Mr. Louis Teague. Before we get to Louis Teague. 
so the three para- paranormal psychologists show up. Yeah, but they're going to do this in the next sentence. They're going to talk about them more. Oh, okay, go ahead. go ahead. So that's why I'm skipping over gotcha. that. Steve learns from his boss, Mr. Louis Teague, that the Cuesta Verde development was built on a former cemetery and the graves were moved to a nearby location. So, Dana and Robbie are sent away for safety while Dr. Lesh calls in Tangina Barron's a spiritual medium. Okay, before we get to her, the best moment with the three parapsychologists is where they are having their first initial interview with them and they're walking through the house. And I think one of the two guys goes, I photographed a car moving across seven feet. He goes, I had to do it with time-lapse film. It's quite amazing. I actually Mm -hmm. have it if you want to see it. And, and like, you just see the look on Craig T. Nelson's face. And he's like, wow. And he goes, he goes, he goes. Just wait till you see this. Yeah, he goes, yeah, okay. And he opens up a door to the bedroom where Caroline got snatched. And there's just nightmarish stuff happening like in that bedroom. Like, the whole room is moving. Like, the everything's you spinning around. You see a around. record spinning in the air. Yeah. You see what appears to be what like, are the, a compass yep. land on the record and start playing, playing it. You see rocking chairs. You see toys. You see the closet opens, I think, at yeah. one point, And the light comes out. Like, you just know. And then he just shuts the door and is like... That's where the activity is, basically. Yeah, and they're just like, holy <laughs> and shit. And they didn't know what to do. They were like, oh my fucking God. Well, like, it's great because it cuts then to Beatrice Strait's character, who's the woman parapsychologist, with T, and her hands are like shaking. legitimately shaking because you realize this is not a farce. This uh, is, These three people or this family is experiencing... Like the, the ghosts won't let them in the room. They were like, they won't let them in. Yeah. They, they were like, you can't go in there. We tried. And... It then cuts to that night because mm-hmm. they're going to stay and do observations because despite having seen all that, they're not 100% convinced. They want to record, though. They want to catch do. it on camera is what they want to do. They want to be able to have evidential proof that there's something in the house. And you do hear from Carol Ann for the first yep. time. And that's the other thing, too, is like one of the, like, as much as I love Craig T. Nelson, Joe Beth Williams' performance as the mom is just oh, absolutely insane. That scene where she's like, that scene where, like, you hear... I'm trying to remember how it goes, but, like, essentially, like, like someone... She goes, somebody's got me, mommy! And she goes, you bastard! She's just a baby! Yeah. <laughs> like, you're just like, I believe that that is yeah, your child. Like, not even the anger scenes, though. Just the scenes where she's, like, talking to the television and, yeah. like, stroking it. Like, she has, she's like, this is my child. Leave the TV on. We exactly. Like, like, we like to sleep with it on so she knows we're here. And it's like... That's so creepy to think about, but it's... It's heartbreaking, though, too. Like, that's the only way they know their daughter's still around somehow. Like, it's pretty crazy. So, okay, so now we have Tangina Barons. Zelda fucking Rubenstein. Great. She comes in and immediately, despite being all of... What, like four foot, you said? Like four two or something? You know, let's find out if we actually have a height on Zelda Rubenstein. She is very small. She's funny as fuck, though, in this. Four foot three. Uh Despite being four foot three, she comes in and fucking wrestles this movie Mm -hmm. away from everyone else. You can't choose between life and death when we're dealing with what is in between. Now tell her before it's too late. Before Zelda Rubenstein's character shows up, there is an incident with the other two guys. Yeah. One of them goes into the kitchen for a midnight stack, which I'm like, yeah. I guess it was cool if you just went and took food from them. No shit. And not just food. He tries to make a steak. This this blows my mind. Like, yeah. I, I feel like... like I would never go into someone else's house and be like, oh, you know, I'm really fucking hungry. You guys got any steak up in this I guess we. <laughs> I guess we didn't see. I guess, I guess we're supposed to believe that, like, the mom just said, make yourself whatever you want. I don't know. Yeah. I just couldn't believe that. But he like, sets the steak on the counter and then turns around and it's covered in maggots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and he, it starts moving. Yes. No, the ste- you're right. The steak starts moving. And then he, like, the piece of chicken falls out of his mouth yeah. that he's eating. And he looks down and, and that's covered in maggots. Mm-hmm. That's so gross. Then he goes to the bathroom to wash his face to feel better. And he starts to... Pick away at his face. Skin. And it's something you don't realize as a child watching it, but it is clearly a dummy. Yeah. And it is clearly someone's hands underneath the dummy working the hands. But it's disgusting nonetheless. Oh, it's it's so gross. Yeah. And he doesn't come back, but the other guy sticks around and they bring in Tangia, who is Tangina. Tangina, who is this four foot three little person. Spiritual medium. And she she calls this she calls these bitches out. Okay, so Tangina determines the spirits are lingering in a different sphere of consciousness and are not at rest. They are attracted to Carol Ann's life force. 
Tangina also detects a dark presence, which she calls the Beast, who is restraining Carolyn and manipulating her life force to prevent the other spirits from crossing over. I've never felt such a presence like this before. <laughs> it speaks to Carolyn as only a child would understand. Mm-hmm. To her, it is a child. Yes. <laughs> but to us, it is the Beast. The Beast. Don't so. let it know what scares you. Yeah. It has from the start yeah. already. <laughs> I just, like, she, I don't know what it is about her, but it's the fact that, like, she's four foot three, should have no ability to be any sort of, like, physical threat or anything, but when she comes on screen, Toby Hooper does this thing where it's like, that's the only person who can help. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. I love, too, that, like, what's her name? Uh, the the spiritual, the, the parapsychologist Beatrice Strait's character. Yeah. Martha Lesh says, I'm coming back with help. And you're like, I don't know who you're going to bring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love the scene, too, when you first meet Tangia. She's walking around the house, like, trying to, like, figure out what's going on. And, like, she says, like, where did the incident take place, mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Freeling? And, like, you, Craig T. Nelson's sitting there like this, and she goes... She says, Stephen, answer her. And he goes, I am answering her. Mm-hmm. And there's that great moment where he says, he goes, she couldn't even read my thoughts. She goes, I just don't like lies. Yeah. So like, and you're just like, you're just like, damn. And the best too, I like the part where they are talking about like, Carol Ann needs like a stern parent member, like needs like someone to scare her. So she like comes So to they them. listen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the wife is like, come on. And he's like, I'm not the mean bit. And they start arguing. And then the. Fight about it later. Like, you daughter. Fight about it later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you'll never see her yeah. again. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so the entrance to the other dimension is in the children's bedroom closet and exits through the living room ceiling. That was into, they mapped out yes. the exit of this portal. They figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Diane, secured by a rope, passes through the portal, guided by another rope previously threaded through both portals. Diane then retrieves Carol Ann, and they drop through the ceiling in the living room floor covered in ectoplasm. As they recover from the ordeal, Tangina proclaims that the house is finally clean. The other great moment is before Diane goes into the portal, there's the moment where, like, Tangia's wrapping the rope around herself. And she yeah. goes, what are you doing? She goes, I'm going in yeah. after her. And she goes, yeah. she won't come she to you. She doesn't know you. She doesn't know you. And she goes, you've never done this before. And she yeah. goes, neither of you. She goes, you're right. And then you go. To her. Yeah. <laughs> Tangia sees the forest for the tree. She's like, you're right. I don't know what's on the other yeah. side. She's like, I should let the mom go through with this. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen, no. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes, you have the great and very famous line. This house is clean. Yeah. <laughs> you were wrong, but... You were but wrong as yeah. fuck. It's not clean. <laughs> it is great how the movie, if you don't understand how, like, movies work, yeah. lures you into being like, well, it's over. Yeah. Like, they fucking beat him. Yeah. Like, you saw the giant skull monster come through the closet. What else is left? What's left, yeah. So, shortly after the Freeling family have nearly finished packing to move out of the house... Oh, they're getting the they're fuck gone. out. Yeah. Before the family is about to leave for the Holiday Inn, Stephen goes to his office while Dana is on a date, leaving Diane at home with Robbie and Carol Ann. The Beast ambushes Diane and the, and the children, aiming for a second kidnapping attempt. The unseen- it is funny that like yeah. the, it doubles down on trying it's to like, get her. Oh, okay, nice attempt. I'm taking. The oh, I don't see kid. Zelda Rubenstein anywhere. Yeah. I'm gonna get that child back. <laughs> The unseen forces drives Diane to the backyard in the pouring rain, dragging her into the flooded swimming pool excavation. Skeletal corpses and coffins float up around her in the muddy hole. Diane crawls out and rushes back into the house. She rescues the children and they escape to the outside as more coffins and bodies erupt from the ground. You know, we didn't talk about another member of the family as well. Hmm. We did not talk about Robbie's clown. Oh, God. Robbie has in his bedroom... Hey, by the way, if I was Robbie's age in 82, Mm -hmm. these are the best fucking parents in the world. He has a fucking alien poster. Mm -hmm. He has a Jaws poster. And he has just all sorts of Star Wars stuff, including Star Wars bedsheets. Yeah. What he also has, and this is where I would question them as parents, is this, like... And by life size, I mean the size of a child. It's clown. fucking huge and terrifying. And you know it's going to be a thing from the beginning. Like they set it up to be like, that clown is going to play. Something's wrong. Like, he throws a sheet over his face from the get-go. So you're automatically like, why the fuck is this clown in the room in the first place if you're terrified? Yeah, if you it? don't like it, dude, go take it to the trash. Your it's parents creepy. will not. Your parents will not question. Mm-hmm. Unless it's... The only thing I can think of, and I feel like it's something that I don't need more explanation on, 
It's got to be like a family heirloom. I don't know. It's got to be something because it's creepy as Because it comes to life and tries to choke Robbie out. Yeah. I do love that Robbie beats it to death at one point. He's just like, I hate you. I hate you. Fuck you, you, Kyle. Fuck you. (laughs) And they almost get sucked into the portal again. Again. Luckily, luckily Joe Beth will. I do love, too, when it starts up again, Heather Rourke just goes, no more. I know. God damn it. Yeah. And she's just trying to take a bath. Remember? Like, she's the mom. Joe Beth Williams is. Yeah. 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 Mom's just trying to take a fucking bath relax and then this shit just goes haywire again the fucking beast is like i'm taking your kid the pool scene's terrifying well i mean for the fact too that those might have been real skeletons Mm -hmm. which is why this whole franchise might be cursed which Mm -hmm. we'll get to in some of your some of your fun Mm -hmm. research below yeah steven accompanied by teague arrives home to the mayhem and realizes that only the gravestones were relocated the development was built over abandoned bodies which is like, no shit. I mean, no wonder. I mean, at that point, you're almost sitting there and you're like, yeah, I kind of got to side with the ghosts on this oh one. I'd bad, be a little yeah. pissed off too. As much as I love Craig T. Nelson as an, as an actor, yeah. one of the most over-the-top moments in the entire movie is where he grabs Teague and he goes, This son of a bitch, you moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? This son of a bitch, you left the bodies and you only moved the headstones! You only moved the headstones! and you're just like toby hooper did you just have no time to do a second take with that we just left it yeah Yeah. (laughs) the freelings jump into their car and collect dana just as she returns home they flee cuesta verde as the house implodes into the portal while stunned neighbors look on the family checks into their room at the holiday inn where steven promptly rips out the tv and shoves it outside it is a great gag they're done they're like no more fucking television we are a family that doesn't watch it anymore they don't have television in the second movie like they literally are listening to a ball game on the radio (laughs) and it's like even then i would have been like you even think a radio Radio? is yeah Yeah. (laughs) no shit and that's how it ends I mean, the chose the house chose to destroy itself rather than live with them. You can't help but feel a little rejected. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say I love the fact that this movie is like three acts. You have before the taking, mm-hmm. the taking, and then after the taking. Yeah. And it and it and the thing is too, it never really gets to a point where you're so scared you can't focus on the movie, but you also never feel at ease like until they are at the holiday inn. Yeah. 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 That's crazy, though. So. There isn't any weird facts, actually, on here. You're telling me you go down, there isn't anything. Really? This movie is riddled with, like. There's some stuff about the credit, but. Here are some spooky facts about Poltergeist. Stephen King was initially asked to write the script. I actually would not have been mad about that. No, no. He's, he's a good horror artist, I feel like. Well, I mean, writer. like, I mean, it does seem to be his bread and butter. Yeah. However, though, I think the reason this movie works and one of the things that truly does well with it is the fact that, that you get that same sense of family the way you do in E.T. Yeah. Although they are very extenuatingly different circumstances, there's still that sense of, like, we are in this together yeah. to figure this out. Uh, okay. The Freelings neighborhood was based on Spielberg's neighborhood as a child. Oh, wow. Which we will see yeah, later this will. year in yeah. the... in the. Um, it's another name that starts with an F. The Fablemans. Yes. Similar to an episode of The Twilight Zone, which is true. Okay, there's a little epi- there's an that. episode of The Twilight Zone where a little girl just disappears. Oh, really? Yeah, it's very creepy. Drew at Barrymore auditioned to play the role of Carol Ann. Oh, I knew that one. But she... Uh, Spielberg was like, she's not right for it. He goes, however... They were shooting E.T. at the exact same time, which is also why he was not able, because he was going to direct this. Mm -hmm. But like the reason he, he just didn't think she was right. But he goes, he goes, let's see what she does with Gertie. And like, she ended up being great. And also too, I think she kind of dodged a bullet because it seems like, it seems like that role is a cursed. Yeah. The chair stacking scene was done in one take. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that scene where she bends down to get the stuff, they were doing that in real time. The tree scene was shot backwards. So they had him oh. in the tree and then they extended it in. Yeah. And did it that way. Tangia only worked for six days. Wow. <laughs> okay. So one of the facts is it was reworked into a haunted house film because director Toby Hooper wasn't interested in sci-fi. I don't think it's sci-fi. It's a it's a horror. How in what part of this is the science fiction? It would well, be my it question. says it was supposed to be sci-fi. It was supposed to be similar to Life Force and Invaders from Mars. 
I have seen both of those mm -hmm. movies, and I will say this right now. Poltergeist <laughs> is not like either of those movies. They are all directed by the yeah. same person, but that's as far as those Night similarities Skies go. was scrapped and formed the basis for both Poltergeist and E.T. Do you like E.T.? It's fine. I've only seen it once. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. If you want to, like, without any sort of, like, help from weed or anything, watch me cry, you just got to put on E.T. Yeah, and wait about an hour and 45 mm -hmm. minutes. Yeah. Um, this would be Spielberg's last screenwriting credit for 20 years. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it said he would not personally write another screenplay until 2001's AI Artificial Intelligence and adaptation of Brian Aldiss' story. This film was particularly personal to Spielberg as it was an unrealized project of his fellow filmmaker Stanley Kubrick, who died in 99. Yes, we all know that Stanley Kubrick died in 1999 and he didn't do Artificial Intelligence, a movie I could care fucking less about. I'm not going to watch that because I hate AI, but um, I'm good. It is apex cute Haley Joe Osment though as a child. Like it's he's even yeah. cuter than he is in Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense, yeah. Yeah. The tree and or the tusk. clown are from Spielberg's real childhood fears. Fuck that noise. Mm -hmm. If my parents ever bought me a clown like that, my parents bought me a ventriloquist yeah. dummy that I asked for. Yeah. And I still kept that thing in the closet That's with creepy. the door closed because I was like, I'll hear that door open and I'll get to you first. Um, he was afraid of thunderstorms, creepy old trees, and coming downstairs to find the television on showing static in the middle of the night. So all of this was based on his real fear. Good for Spielberg for addressing <laughs> the things that scare him. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. We talked about Drew Barrymore. We talked about that. What's happening? Dana was not much younger than her parents. The screen parents on the show, so she's about the same age as them. What? Mm hmm Says so she was 22 at the time. They were about 10 or 11 years older than her, so she was roughly that's around the same age. Still but that's 10 or not 11. Too much. Yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say. I, was like, that's, I, I mean, no one's having there. kids at 10 or 11 to, to space that um, out, but there you go. Joe Beth Williams experienced real paranormal phenomena during production. It says, as, as is fairly standard for big movie productions, Poltergeist's lead actress, Joe Beth Williams, lived in a rented accommodation not too far from the set, and she had some strange experiences. The actress revealed that every time she got home, the pictures on the wall would be hanging crookedly. She would straighten them, but every time she got back, they were crooked again. Hardly cast iron proof of paranormal activity, but eerie nonetheless and did contribute to the poltergeist curse theory. Craig T. Nelson, only guy unaffected by it. Robbie actor Oliver Robbins was strangled for real in the clown doll scene. One of Poltergeist's most notoriously nightmarish scenes comes when Robbie Freeling's creepy clown doll comes to life and scares him. This sequence only gets more sinister when, sinister when you learn that Oliver Robbins was almost seriously injured for real while shooting the scene when the tendril-like arms of the doll squeezed too tightly around his throat. Uh, nope. The young, terrified youngster choked on the words, I can't breathe, but the grown-ups assumed he was ad-libbing in character. Only realized the truth Damn, the this kid is good. Began, began to turn purple, at which they called out, cut, and rushed to the aid. That's Toby Hooper's terrible. like, damn, this kid is really good. Um, real skeletons were used in the pool scene. One of the most frequently cited facts among poltergeist curse theorists is they claim real human skeletons were used in the scene when Joe Beth Williams' Diane falls into the unfinished swimming pool and finds numerous ancient corpses creeping out of the earth around her. It has since been confirmed that they are indeed real. However, it should be noted that this has long been common practice in the film industry, as is, of course, considerably cheaper and easier to obtain a real human than to build a fake one. Plus, the way that they were sourced was completely above board, as real skeletons are often bought and sold from medical students. So. I did watch a movie yesterday where they talk about that, mm. but yeah, no, you're not wrong. Uh, Spielberg's hands are in the mirror scene uh, where he's tearing. Oh, those are Spielberg's hands. Well, there yep. you go. Yep. It says Spielberg himself makes a sort of cameo during the scene. The hands were seen tearing at the skulls, but not Casella's. They were Spielberg's. And there was no reason Spielberg needed to act out the hands himself, but it's a fun Easter egg. Yeah, to have. of course it is. Let's see. It says many people say Spielberg was the real director, not. That's that's not true. Ho ho uh, Hooper. That's not true. As a person who has watched several Toby Hooper mm -hmm. movies, there are moments in this. Now, don't get me wrong. The story is Spielberg all the yeah. way. You can just tell in the beats, and the music is also very Spielberg. Yeah. But there are shots in it that are very clearly Hooper. Like yeah. there's a shot 
where they're up at the top of the stairs where it's like, yeah, I, I see that. Yeah, it was originally rated R. And they brought it down to PG. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, says, at one point it was just, did you know that PG-13 didn't exist for the longest time? Yeah, that's what yeah. yeah. It says this, it was an introduction to the PG-13 at suggestion of Spielberg himself. So it was nominated for three Oscars. Really? Mm -hmm. What was it nominated for? Oh, best original score, sound effects, and best visual effects. I mean, I would have given it to him for, I mean, like, mm -hmm. what is this, 82? Uh, yeah. Hold on. But it looks like E.T. won. Best sound. <laughs> I mean, like, like you you want to, like, part of me is like, I want to argue against it, but it's like, that's also E.T. Mm -hmm. Part of the curse theory was the fact that Dominique Dunn, Dana, was murdered. Five months after the film's release, on her 23rd birthday, it says she was assaulted by her ex-boyfriend. Yep. Wow, Pretty, uh... Rough. Mm -hmm. uh, two sequels from this movie. I've seen one of them. Yeah. I've never seen three, and I keep meaning to watch mm -hmm. three, but I just never sit down to actually watch it. Best visual effects? Yeah. Damn. This is a stacked category Poltergeist, Blade Runner, and it, I all lose out to E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Mm. And what were the other two you said? The sound effects. Best sound. You've got. Nope, sound effects, excuse mm -hmm. me. Das Boot, Poltergeist, and E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Yeah, you think E.T. won all of them. And then I think it was visual. We said visual oh. already, and then it was uh, score. Oh, yeah, score. Sophie's Choice, Poltergeist, An Officer and a Gentleman, Gandhi, and E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Yeah. Yeah, well, even if Spielberg is losing, he still wins to a certain no extent. Shit. Yeah. It says, despite the tragic loss of Dunn, Poltergeist proved popular enough to kickstart a franchise. This also expanded the curse theories because, firstly, when Poltergeist 2, actor Julian Beck died before the work on the film was completed. And then also Will Sampson also passed away as well on Poltergeist 2 as well. Poltergeist 2 is a mess. Mm-hmm. It's really and then racist, Heather O'Rourke tragically died before the release of Poltergeist 3. Yeah. Which also goes to the curse theory. <laughs> a lot of people dead. She was 12. Wow, that's sad. Yeah. She, I guess she had intestinal issues. Yeah, it's that's pretty, really it's a big bummer. Mm -hmm. Little too young. And then the last one is it's been remade once and another remake may be on the way. To Hollywood? Stop it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you for, thank you for jumping mm -hmm. on it. But um, yeah, don't please. This is, in my opinion, and I guess we should probably get to gradings, ratings, and settling Soon. the score. Mm -hmm. This is a perfect movie. Like, Fair. in my opinion. I, I honestly believe, like, if you're asking me, like, what are my five favorite horror movies? Yeah. Rosemary's Baby, The Thing, Poltergeist. Okay. And you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say this. There are just two spots that are probably ever rotating. Okay. Because new stuff comes out. Yeah. But in terms of, like, a top three, that's probably it right there. I think this is a wildly effective movie. You can show this movie to almost anybody. Mm -hmm. Like, outside of, like, like a 10-year-old, I would say yeah. anybody from, like, 12 and on up, we'll be this is a perfect this movie. movie to show them. Budget was $10.7 They made $121.7 That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. $127 million in 1982. That was a legitimate hit. I mean, this was a hit. Yeah, it was Like, people, 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 I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted... People hated it, but they loved it. No, no, no. No, no, not <laughs> I that. Know. I mean, granted, let's put it to you this way, though. The budget was $10.7 million? Yes. The budget for E.T. was $10.5 million. Wow. Its box office was $794 million. Jesus oh, E.T. was E.T. was a mega hit. I like, mean, people like, thought E.T. E. was going to win. a long time for E.T. I didn't see it till I was much older, and I just didn't give a shit about it, to oh, be see, honest. See, you got you to yeah. look. Like, I saw it. My parents brought it home mm. on VHS. Yeah. the day it came out because i didn't get to yeah. see it in theaters and i remember just sitting there and being like i'm 90 percent sure et is a real thing yeah like that movie is so convincing mm -hmm. oh man i love et that's fair let's watch et no let's, okay let's not so five stars on five ghosts oh it's five ghosts i'm assuming yeah. for you i gave it four ghosts that's fair mm -hmm. that's fair well guys Cool. This takes us out of the spooky season, and yeah. we are off on a trip, but we will be back the following week with the second season of B&B Presents A24. Yes, we're coming and back. And mm -hmm. what is our first movie? Laggies. Laggies.
Excuse me? We all forgot our IDs. Would you buy a six pack or something? Someone did this for me when I was your age. It's like a rite of passage, right? I had a good feeling about you. That makes one of us. Why would you tweak the nipples? That's Buddha. Did you convert to Buddhism? Want to stay for dinner? Is it make your own pizza night? Sure, great idea. Honey, I don't want to see you throw away your education. You have an advanced degree. I've waited to do this for so long. <gasps> no, no. Whoa, get up, get up. A movie starring Kira Knightley, Chloe Grace Moritz, and the guy who starred as the father in the remake of Poltergeist, Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. I did not set that up ahead of time. That just happens to be how it worked that out. Funny, it is. And you want to tell them where they can find us? You can find us at bnb underscore presents underscore on Instagram. Uh, and you can find my personal <clears throat> photography page at bdh underscore imagery. You can find me at ET Critic for the Empty Theater Critic, or you can find me at Movie Loving Lucha 87. Uh, it is October when you guys hear this. I am every single day doing a horror movie and posting about it with 10, 10 images from it, along, or nine images from it, along with a review. Mm-hmm. Check us out there. Um, on Twitter, don't talk to me about anything about movies, or I will not respond to you. Yeah, we hate people. I didn't say that. I just said I won't <laughs> respond to you about anything about movies. I'm not interested in the politics of Twitter. I'm only interested in writing about movies there. All right. And for <clears throat> B&B Presents Season 666, as it comes to a close, I have, of course, been your host, Ben, and joining me as always... Riona, passing on through the television. Enter, children. Yes. All are welcome. <laughs> And remember, guys, come back here and keep it here starting next month, 24-7 for A24. Bye.